Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God to profit me. We know what that means, right? Progress. I'm progressing. Reprove. Convict. Instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And we'll see if we get there as I try to lay down an introduction for those who have been coming the last few weeks. I've been doing a series on the benefits of being obedient. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, when Isaiah was prophesying to the children of Israel, they were all in rebellion, or the nation was somewhat like what our nation is today. They were experiencing wokeness. They were experiencing major perversion. They were calling evil good, good, uh, good evil. Uh, it was just a bad time. Uh, there was wars and rumors of wars. There was strife, and there was all kinds of things going on. And, and uh, the prophet said, you know, listen, if you don't get your act together as a nation, if you don't get your act together as a nation, there's going to be a judgment of God. And so, but he said for those here in first, uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, those who are willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. You're going to eat the good of the land. You're, you're going to be okay. You shall eat the good of the land if you're willing and you're obedient. And so we say this because it's so true. There's no man and there's no government and there's no devil that can stop God's plan for your life. Why is that? Because it's up to you to be willing and obedient. And sometimes, you know, the area of obedience starts with just being willing. And once God knows that we're willing, sometimes, you know, like with Abraham, was, was Abraham willing to take Isaac to the altar? Absolutely, he said. And when Isaac said, Lord, he said, Father, you know, we have the fire and we have the wood, but where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide. And God provided. God provided the sacrifice. God provided everything they need. But Abraham was willing all the way up to the point where he's almost obedient to slain of his own son, but yet God stopped him. And because he was willing, God blessed Abraham. God followed through with the covenant that he had with Abraham. But but God was also looking for some willing, get a hold of this, Abraham needed to be willing and obedient so that if man was willing to sacrifice his own son, then it gave God the opportunity to sacrifice his own son. And when you see the correlation of Abraham saying, you know, you have provided the sacrifice or God will provide the sacrifice. We call that Jehovah Jireh. And many times people say, yeah, he's my provider and he's going to bless me and he does bless you. But that's not the name of Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He's Jehovah Jireh, the provider of the sacrifice. It's more than just providing, but he provided the sacrifice that through that sacrifice, all things can be restored back to God. And if all things can be restored back to God, that's not only your salvation, that's not only your eternal reward, but that's also that it can be restored back to you, that you can experience heaven on earth. That's what God wants to restore. He wants you to restore all his goodness. When Israel was walking upright before God, 
and doing what God had asked them to do when they were willing and obedient, that, that nation prospered. There was no nation that could touch them. There was no harm that could come their way. We'll put that in your realm. If you're willing and obedient, it doesn't matter what goes on out there. No, we do need to pray for our government. I agree with that. We do need to pray for what, what's going on in our society. I do agree with that. But nevertheless, whatever happens there, it's not going to affect you. For they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. And so as I started this series, I started it with James chapter 4. It says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. He shall flee from you. So to the same degree that you're submitted to God is the same degree that you walk in the authority to resist the devil. And it's all about being obedient to God. It's just that simple. It's just that simple to say, God, I want to follow you. God, I want to go after you. But the world has a different system. The world is beginning to taint the evangelicals, even in some churches, the evangelicals as bad people. I was with a group of ministers about four years ago, and they, they labeled me an evangelical. Oh, he's an evangelical. Like, that's a bad thing. You know, because they don't, want, they don't want any recognition of righteousness. They don't want any recognition of God. This is why there's such a great uh, move of anti-Semitism in the world because the name Jews or Jewish people remind people that they're God and there is a God and they're God's chosen people and it makes them think, well, if I can get rid of the Jewish people, then I can get rid of the memory of God. Let me tell you something. You're not going to defeat God. I got news for you. Nor are you going to abort his plan. God's plan is going to come to pass regardless of whether you agree with it or not. Somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. But I want to be a part of that plan. And the way I'm a part of that plan and the way you're a part of that plan is by being willing and obedient to follow him. Just submit to God to do things God's way. And the world says, oh, that is so crazy. No, let me tell you something. You who is uh, 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 possessed by the God of this world, what you're doing is crazy. Some of the lifestyles that you think is normal is cutting the life expectancy of people. Did you know that people in the LGBTQ community have a shorter lifestyle than people who smoke cigarettes? Did you know people who are in a transgender lifestyle have a shorter life expectancy than people who smoke dope? Come on, somebody, wake up. The statistics tell you it's not working. So why are you trying to make something work that won't work? It's not designed to work. Well, you're just homophobic. No, I'm righteous phobic. I'm God phobic. I'm in his image. I'm in his likeness. I found out that, you know, God's smarter than me and his plan's better than my plan. And if I follow his plan, then I'll experience his, his destiny for my life. Glory to God. Can I hear an amen in this house? So submit to the Lord. Resist the devil. Draw near to God, it says in James 4, 7. And he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. In other words, go to God and ask God to forgive you of your sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive you. And more than that, to cleanse you of it. Now, how many of you, let me just ask you, how many of you, if you can remember, took a bath a year ago? 
Anybody remember taking that bath? Well, let me ask you this. When you took that bath, after you took that bath or shower, were you clean? Oh, you were. Did you get dirty again? So you took another bath, right? So what happened after the bath? You got cleansed. What happens after? Do you remember what you got dirty from a year ago? You don't. You don't remember uh, the, the crust that got under your fingernails? You don't remember, you know, uh, 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 anyway, I better not get into it. Anyway, <laughs> I have all kinds of thoughts, you know. Anyway, you don't remember what you were cleansed of? It's because it's gone. It's not there anymore. Well, that's the way you should be about the sin that you confess to God. It's not there anymore. He freely justified you as if there's no sin in your life. You've been recreated into the image and the likeness of your God. Somebody give the Lord a big shout in this place. Hallelujah. And it says in the word, he remembers your sin no more than he does as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember it anymore. He doesn't think, he, he doesn't hold you account to the things that you've missed it, that you've repented to God for. Amen? Isn't that good news? And so when you draw near to him, what are you doing? You're coming to him. You're confessing your sins. You know, and the Bible says that godly sorrow leads or, or pro produces repentance and, and leads a person to salvation or leads a person into the right way of living. And that's what godly sorrow, that's why it says, let your, uh, your laughter turn into mourning. In other words, don't rejoice. You know, when some, you know, I've just got to say this. When some people gloat about the way they used to live and they still like remembering it, I wonder if they still, I wonder if they really repented. I'm sorrowful for the way I lived. I'm sorrowful for the things I did. I, I, you know, I wish, I wish it never, ever, ever happened. But in the eyes of God, it never did. Amen. So I got to take that attitude. Yeah, in those B.C. days, you know. Don't you wish you can go back to those B.C. days? That'd be kind of like being in a, a jetliner about 30,000 feet up in the air. And all of a sudden, all the engines go out. All the electronics go out. And there's no other way but have a crash landing. Wouldn't you like from someone to say, wouldn't you like to be in that jet one more time? No. I would not like to be on a path of destruction anymore. Because I'm on the path of life. I'm on the path of victory. I'm on the path of being an overcomer. I'm on the path to see God do more than I've ever seen God do in my entire life. Glory to God. And so are you. And I'm going to stay on that path. Hallelujah. If we will be willing and obedient, and if we won't grow weary, you know, this is really getting on me because I really begin to realize that we can grow weary. Growing weary doesn't mean that just one day you're just tired. You know, the other, a couple weeks ago, I had a, a, a trip to Washington, D.C., went to Washington, D.C. to uh, stand for the solidarity of Israel. There were 300,000 people there. And we had some delays with some planes, some, mis can some cancellations, some missed flights. And so from there, I went to Texas. And from Texas, I came back here. And then on that Saturday, I came back home on Saturday. We got ready for Sunday service. And Sunday afternoon, we took, uh, took off to go back to Texas, to drive to Texas, to uh, celebrate Thanksgiving with our children. 
And as we were going there, our children called and said, go back home, we're all sick, we won't be able to spend time with you. And so we came back home, and on Monday, I was wore out. I was just really tired, you know, and I, and I thank God that, you know, I didn't thank God my children got sick, but I thank God I could take a day of rest. But, you know, I wasn't tired that Monday because of what happens uh, 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 Sunday. I wasn't tired on Monday because of what happened on Saturday. I wasn't tired of what happened on Friday. I was tired because the whole week wore me out. It was a process. You can grow weary. You're going to have to realize when you start growing weary, hey, stop and take rest. You know, God was so smart, he even took a day of rest. So what makes you think that you can't get by without taking a day of rest. Sometimes you just need to put everything aside and say, well, if it can't happen without me, it's just not going to happen. And I'm taking a day of rest. I'm going to be like my father. Now, folks, some people think the day of rest means six days of rest and one day of work. No, it means six days of work, one day of rest. Don't take it to the extreme. Just take a day of rest. Tell your neighbor, one day of rest. I'm sure God will give you two or three if you need it. Glory to God. But here's the key. The key is this. In John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me. Now, I'm reading now the, King, I'm the new King James. It says abides. The King James says abideth. Now, if I understand the English language, abides the, the the word s behind it means that you do it more than once all right you do it more than once you just well you know here i am lord you know sunday morning and the rest of the week i'll do whatever i want to no he who abides makes it a lifestyle he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who stays in that place. He who puts God in, in his life on a regular basis. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6 says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch, he's withered, and they gather and throw him into the fire, and they're burned. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you'll be my disciples. I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible because it gives us just a little better understanding of what Jesus is trying to say here. I am the vine and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Well, how do they know that you're, you're abiding with God? Can I take care of your meal? You can do that? Well, absolutely. Well, how come you can do that? I work at the same place you work with. Well, because I'm abiding with the one who's made my harvest abundant. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. How come you got so much energy? How come you're not down? How come you're not discouraged? Don't you know what's going on in the world? Aren't you living in reality? Yes, I am. I'm living in the real life that God has created for me. I'm abiding in it. I, I'm not concerned about tomorrow. I'm not concerned about what's going on out there. I don't have to be concerned about it because I'm abiding in him. And my harvest is going to be abundant. Separate. Separate it. You can't produce a thing. 
Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown into the bonfire. But you make yourself at home with me and my words at home in you. And you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Mm, glory to God. Heaven is listening. You know, I, I have a feeling, now not lately, but I have a feeling that there's been some bored angels assigned to me. Idle angels assigned to me, but not anymore. Because in my prayer almost every day, angels that are assigned to me, all right, yes, I probably need a few guardian angels. Yes, I agree with that. I may need some other angels for whatever reasons, but these other angels that have been assigned to me that sitting around doing nothing, I'm going to give you something to do. Go and get my harvest. Go and get what belongs to me. Go and manifest heaven's plan for my life. And I refuse to allow any of you angels, and I speak this in the spirit room, I refuse to allow any of you angels to sit idle and do nothing. Why is that? Because I am speaking. His words are in me and my words are in him. And all of heaven is waiting for me to speak out those words. They're my words put into motion the things that God has for me. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to speak the word. It goes on and it says, but you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you. And you can have and be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Heaven's waiting for you to say something. Heaven is waiting for you to say something. They're waiting for some instructions. This is how my father shows who he is. This is what glorifies God when you produce and you're fruitful and you're mature as a disciple. Well, this word abide means to abide, it means to remain, it means to dwell, and it means to continue, and it also means to endure. Keep on doing. Keep on. Keep on keeping on. Don't quit. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Let me tell you what I see when I first open my Bible. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let me tell you what I see when I close my Bible. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I'm just not going to quit. Quit is not in my vocabulary. Rest maybe, but not quit. I'm not going to give up. I know God can do it. Not only do I know that God can do it, I know he is doing it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't grow weary. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 10, the chapter that I told you to go to when we opened up the message this morning, starting with verse, verse 35, says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. You get so confident hearing pastor preach to you, yes, God can do this. Yes, God will take your words and manifest those words. God's waiting for you to speak the word of God, the angels of God. You get so confident, don't cast it away. Don't throw it away when you leave the house today. 
Make sure you don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, or you have need of abiding. Not once abided, but abiding. Keep on abiding. How do I do this, Pastor? Keep reading the Word. You know, like Vicki said, our, our daughter, she photocopied the scriptures, and every time doubt would come, she'd just read it. I'm abiding in the Word. I'm ab- the Word says. The Word says. I don't care what the doctors say, because truth always trumps facts. The doctors can say, this is a fact, but the truth is he already provided healing for you. That's why the Bible says, according to his divine power, he's given you all things. Say all things. Tell your neighbor all things mean all things. Tell your other neighbor all things really mean all things. All things. He's given you all things that pertain to life. Healing's part of that. Victory's part of that. Prospering's part of that. And godliness. Glory to God. He's already, according to his divine power, not my ability, not by how I pray, not by how I read the word, not how much I, not, not how nice I treat my wife. No, it's according to his divine power. He hath. He has. Which means it's already a done deal. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's a done deal. So you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, they that are willing and obedient, what? So if you're enduring and after you've done the will of God, guess what you can expect? Well, let's read it. Let's see what happens here. After, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. What promise? Whichever one you want. Whichever one's in the book. So that you can receive that promise. If you'll endure, if you'll abide in, if you'll remain in, if you'll keep on speaking, if you'll keep on believing, if you'll keep on saying, yes, God, I trust you. I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to give up. For yet a little while, he who's coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Boy, that's a message in itself. You know, we always share Romans 3.23, how we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, we really need to memorize Romans 3.24. It says how he has freely justified us. Well, if you've been freely justified, what did it cost you? It didn't cost you anything? You mean free is really free? Okay. He freely justified you? Well, if he's freely justified you, then the just shall live by faith. In other words, he put you in a position, oh, come on, somebody. Mm, I don't know. Maybe we ought to just start next week. What do you think? No. Come on. Get a hold of this. The just shall live by faith. And Jesus, when he spoke into the disciples, have faith in God, he spoke the faith of God into them. You already have the same faith that God has. You just got to know how to operate in it. You got the same faith. You have been justified so you can operate in that same faith. And how did God use his faith? 
I declare there's going to be light. And you know, the Webb telescope is telling us, science is telling us, that light is still being created. Boof. Universes, boof. Galaxies, boof. They're still happening. Why? Because God said, light be. He never said, light stop. He said, light be. Poof. 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 It's happening. It may be some type of trillion to the 10th power light years away, but poof, it's still happening. Because light is being, because God said so. And you have the same type of faith that God has. That you can speak and call things that be not as though they are. Glory to God. Well, don't patty cake. Give God a big shout in this house. So the just, any just here? A few. Any just here? A few more. Any just here? You live by faith, that same faith that God has put in you. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Why did he say that? Because it grieves the heart of God when you don't receive everything he has for you. I bought a Christmas gift for someone, and they didn't show up to, to receive it. I was heartbroken. You know, I went, I thought this would be a cool gift. I thought it would be really awesome, but they didn't show up. It kind of grieved me. How much more does it grieve your Heavenly Father when He knows you're not receiving all that He has for you? That's why it says He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above Oh, come on, somebody. I'm getting so excited, I'm going to start strutting. (laughs) Above all you can ask or think. It's what he wants for you. But if you draw back, you can't receive it. Hey, come on over. I've got a Christmas present for you. I made an invitation. I got a present. Come over and get it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be there. One o'clock. Okay, Christmas Day. I'll be there. One o'clock, nobody's here. One fifteen. Well, maybe they got so many Christmas put Chris at the gifts at the other place that they're a little late. One thirty, no knock on the door. Two o'clock, still not there. Three o'clock, four o'clock. And we rock around the clock, but anyway. <laughs> and nobody shows up. And all this anticipation and joy I was going to have, you coming and opening up that gift saying, oh, that's been what I've been believing for. And I'm disappointed. It's, it's already, all you got to do is follow through with, with what the appointment was. And I'm here to tell you, That at this Christmas season, some of you are going to have some divine appointments under your tree. It may not be under your tree, but it's coming. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. There's going to be some turnarounds. 
There's going to be some divine reversals. There's going to be some increase in harvest. There's going to be some suddenlies, more and more and more suddenlies in your life. Glory to God. That's your divine appointment from God. Hallelujah. You might as well give the Lord a big shout and just receive it right now. But I like verse 39. This is me. We are not of those who draw back. Not me. That's not me. I don't draw back. Amen. I'm not drawing back. Tell your neighbor, we're not of those who draw back. So we don't cast away our confidence. Am I doing okay? Yes, I've got a few more minutes. How many give me five more minutes? Let me see your hand. That's, that's two hours. Praise God. Thank you so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, we have it, don't we? Didn't Jesus say, have faith in God? Didn't he speak, have the faith of God? Aren't you born again? If you're born again, don't you have all the attributes of your heavenly Father? I mean, you look just like him. Glory to God. And more than that, you act like him. You you Thank you. You evangelical you. You look just like God. That's why I don't like you. You remind them of God too much. Anyway, that's all right. That's their loss. I agree with you. You have the same spirit of faith according to what was written. I believe, therefore I, what? Spoke or I speak. How's this happen? Man, if I believe it, I speak it. We, are, we also believe and we speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sake. That grace, having spread through many, may cause the thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. We have the same spirit of faith. And if we have that same spirit of faith as it is written, since he spoke, since God spoke, I got that same spirit of faith, now I'm going to speak. You believe you're one of those people who can just speak it out and, and, and see it happen? I'm ruined. It's too late. Can't convince me I'm not. Yes, guilty. I'm one of those people that believe that I'm creating the image of God. That I have the same spirit of faith. That I can call things and be not as though they are. Yes, guilty. What is my sentence? Blessings. What are you going to condemn me with? Being an overcomer. What are you going to make fun of me? Being more successful than people who aren't following God. I can handle it. I can afford it. <laughs> For those who know what that means, glory to God. Well, we need to begin to continue, not begin, continue to speak life. Because Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The expanded Bible says it like this. What you say can mean in the power of the tongue. What you say can mean life or death. What you say can mean life or death. Have you ever had someone give you a report where you felt like, man, you were just jelly? You know, it just kind of just took all the life out of you. Well, what you can say can do that. It can take all the hope out of people. It can take all the life out of them. 
But if I'm created in the image of God, my job is to put life in you by speaking the word of God in you. Put life in you. Put expectancy in you. Let you know God before you. Who can be against you? Those who speak with care and love it will be rewarded and eat the fruit of their words. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I declare that the favor of God is on my life. Amen. I tell you what, I am his favorite. Amen. He said, no, I'm his favorite. Well, if you want to share it with me, you can, but I am his favorite. And not only am I his favorite, but the favor of God, which is another level of favor, is on my life, and I know it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This has been my confession for many years. Thank you, Lord. The favor of God's on my life. And I've shared the testimony before, but some preachers even got mad at me. Can't believe you say that all the time until they saw the manifestation of it. And they humbled themselves and said, man, I'm sorry, but you have the favor of God on your life. Well, don't be sorry. Just take it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God's no respecter of a person. You know, even though I'm walking it more than you are right now, you can walk in it the same level that I am. I'm walking in the favor of God. Amen. God wants you to walk in that favor. God wants you to walk in that expect expectancy that, you know what, somehow this is going to be turned around. See, there's no man. And there's no devil, and there's no government that can stop God's plan for our lives. So I was praying the other day, and I looked at the road, and I said, there's no man. There's no devil, and there's no government that can stop this road from being paved. And I drove down the road, and guess what? Boone County workers were on the road. So I rolled down my window. I said, hey, guys, what are you doing? They said, we're removing the trees. I said, won't be too much longer to be paving the road. They said, well, we haven't got that work order. I said, you will. I prayed. Amen. Thank you. Have a great day. Amen. You will. I prayed. It's going to happen. Amen. So what Boone County government says, I don't really care what Boone County government says. Amen. I am in the image of my father, and I'm calling things to be not as though they are, and I call that road paved. And I'm telling them, go ahead and put three lanes in it because we're going to need it anyway. Right. Don't waste your money on two lanes. Right. Two lanes coming out to the revival hub of mid-America. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I mean, we, need, we, we may need to ask for five lanes. Are we doing okay this morning? Yeah. Passion Bible says it like this. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. Well, that works both ways, doesn't it? The Message Bible says words kill, words give life. They're either passion, or they're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. What are you going to choose today? Well, God says, today I put before you life and death. What are you going to choose? He, he, he even answered the question for you. He encouraged you. He even gave the answer to the question, choose life. How many of you know when you choose life, life is so much better? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's not draw back. Let's keep pressing in. Let's not let some of the things going on cause us to grow weary. 
Let's put our foot down and say, no, I'm going to get into the presence of God like we did today and experience those times of refreshing. And I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to charge me up. Glory to God. So that when I leave this place, I'm going to, go, I'm going to come back with more faith, more determination, more conviction that if God's going to bless anybody, he's going to bless me. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen for me. And you know what? If you say, well, I'm just not there yet, Pastor. Well, join faith with me. I share. Ask anybody. I share. When I have it, I share. Amen. Sometimes my wife says I share too much. But I share. That's why I want it, so I can share. So I can do more. How many of you want your pastor to share? Well, what about you? Amen. We're doing good this morning. Glory to God. So speak life. We have need of endurance. Or we have need to continue to say, I know that I know that God's working on my behalf. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.